0: Good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning for another uh, gathering of our New Life family and friends uh, from Canada, from America, from Europe, uh, numerous places where people are watching. We trust that you have had a great week and that you are excited about today today about what we can experience together in this fashion. And before we uh, get into uh, handing it over to Chris Stadig to do some welcoming announcements, I do want to ask you if you've got your phones uh, to get them ready to be used. In a few minutes, we are going to try a live poll. And you will need to uh, have your phones ready to participate in that live poll. And we're going to try it out. But um, before then, I want to hand it over to Chris Stadig, our children's director. She's going to give us a greeting and uh, do a short uh, kid's time with Isabel. So let's hand it over to Chris.
1: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our our service online today. I'm Chris Stadig, and I'm the director of children's ministries, and normally we meet Um, at New Life in our building. But you know what? We're thrilled to be able to be part of your home and be part of what you're doing this morning. So thanks for joining us today. And you know what? We really hope that this is an encouragement to you and that you will experience Jesus right in your own home or wherever you are right now. We do really miss seeing you in person. And there is a chat section. And just much like we would meet together and chat before or after service, we want you to take the time to just a comment there, say hi to somebody in the chat section before and after our service today too, so please feel free to do that. You'll also notice that there might be some links down underneath the video that you can connect with as well. And you know what? During these days, it's tough for some people and we know that there are people out there who have needs, whether it's food or, or, or just somebody to talk to or pray with. You know what, we want to be here for you. So please know that you can contact us at office at newlifecallingwood.com and we will try and connect with you that or you can also leave a phone message and we'd love to hear from you if you you need to connect with us. Everything we do is virtual and that means that even our giving is virtual. So you'll notice that you can do that by clicking on the give button on our website on the top right hand side. The other thing you can do is you can also go there and see how you can send your um, offerings into us by mail. That's another option. So today, we just want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy this time together where we can all celebrate Jesus together and, you know, hear a great message from Paul. So thanks for joining us. Well, good morning, Isabel. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Can you say hi to everybody? Hey, everybody. Isabel, I noticed that you have a big red balloon. I do. It's a big balloon. Wow, why do you have a big red balloon? Well, it's a celebration today, and I am excited about that. You're excited about a celebration? Oh, is it, is there a graduation? Nope. Oh, is there a birthday? Nope. Oh, is it Groundhog Day?
2: Not even close.
1: Oh, Isabel, so if it's not a graduation, and it's not a birthday, and it's not Groundhog Day, why do you have a red balloon? Well... I am
2: celebrating
1: the fact that God is so close to me and he wants to be close with me always. So I wanted this balloon to remind me about that. So how does a red balloon remind you of that, though? Well, it's big, just like the love of God that ha- that he has for me. Okay. And it's red, and that reminds me of his son, Jesus, and, you know... It's got a string. Well, what does the string remind you of? Nothing. That's, what else do you tie around a balloon? Oh, Isabel, you are so silly. Okay, so Isabel, are you going to remember that God loves you and Jesus died for you when you brush your teeth? That's right. I will remember always. Okay, will you remember when your room is messy and it needs to be cleaned up? Always. Will you remember when you smashed the Play-Doh into the carpet by accident and the dog comes along and he tries to lick it up and it's a big, mucky mess? That happened, and yes, always. Oh, Isabel, you know what? I like your red balloon. Oh, thanks. Hey, I got one for you, too.
0: You got me a
1: big, shiny red balloon just like yours?
0: Um, well, um, oh... Yeah, sure.
1: Uh, it's right there. Oh, where, where? Oh, Isabel. Oh, Isabel. Hmm. Well, you tried blowing up balloons with lips like this, and that's what it happens. Oh, well, that's okay, Isabel. I'll help you to blow up my balloon just like yours. Okay. Goodbye, everybody, and we hope you enjoy your sermon time today with Pastor Paul. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Isabel. And uh, love um, having your appearances uh, with us this morning. So <laughs> it's just quite fun. You can get away with pretty much anything with a puppet, and everybody will love watching it. So we're glad that Isabel could be part of our Sunday mornings, and she is doing a great job along with you. Okay, if you would get your phones We are going to put up uh, on a screen here with a poll on it. It's uh, a live poll, and we have a couple questions. We're going to test this out this morning and hope that it works. If it doesn't work, then we'll try to figure it out. Uh, But we're hoping that it does work, and we can use this in some other weeks with some different ways of doing things to make this as interactive as we can. So there's some instructions there. Uh, where you would type someone's name or type in their phone number, if you would type in the number 37607 and then in the body of the text message, type Paul Kiss 435 and hit send, you should get a response that will say that you joined Paul Kiss's session. And then you'll see the question there, how many people are watching with you this morning? And you can choose A, B, C, D, E, or F to correspond with the answer to the left. And just type in the letter and hit send Once you get that activation message and it should start showing up on the screen with the results coming in and we are hoping that we can use this in the coming weeks to try some different um, participation exercises either in the sermon or for things that we want to try out and so we are just looking for you to punch that in. Type in the answer to the question. Here's some coming in already. We've got one coming in. And they'll continue to come in. I'm going to just talk here for a little bit and let these come in. You should be able to see them live showing up on your screen. And uh, I will get some feedback. If it's not showing up, it's certainly showing up on my screen. And you'll see how it's going to shift as people continue to answer. Yikes, we got 17% with five plus of you. I hope that you are all in the same family. <laughs> if not, someone's going to be uh, looking for you. Oh, now we're down to 14%, so somebody changed their mind on that. So hopefully this is showing up on your screen. I can't actually see if it's working on your screen, but, um, but I can see it on my screen as you continue to do the answers. All right, so they're coming in. So there's a lot where there's, there's two of you. And uh, there are a lot of you with four and five and more than five. That is so cool to watch these coming in this way. So it's a lot of fun to see how this is, how this is taking shape. So I'm going to give just a, another second or two for some people to be able to punch in their, their answers. And then I'm going to go out, activate the next poll... And then when I do that, I'll give you the okay. You won't have to retype Palkus 435. For the next poll, you'll just be able to give your answer and hit send. And then we'll go from there. All right. So I'm going to close this poll off now. And we'll go into the next one. Okay. Here's the next one. It's activated. How have you been affected by COVID-19? You've been laid off or your hours have been cut back. Uh, You've had more hours or your shift has changed or there's more expectations on you. Some of our people have actually had a lot more that they've had to do in this time. Uh, Maybe you're a senior and you're at risk and so you're actually just trying to stay at home as much as you can. Maybe you're a student grade school, high school, and you're loving the fact that everything's different and you don't have to fuss too much about school right now. Maybe you're a parent and you've got three, four kids at home and you're just about ready to pop. Not sure. I hope that's not you, but it could be. Well, some of you have already answered that it is you or you're all at home and you're managing okay. So we're just giving you some of these results here seeing how that is going to to play out. And it is so fun to watch this shift as you continue to answer and send in your results. Now, there's some of you that have been texting me by mistake, so I'm getting your responses on my text messaging, but you need to actually type in that number 37607. That's who you send the text to and your answers. So we'll keep playing with this, and you'll figure it out uh, as we get into, into the coming weeks. So right now, 41% of you are at home and you're managing okay. So that is good to hear. Uh, 10% of you are parents and you're about to pop. So we will pray for you this morning. And uh, 27% of you have had a shift in your hours or, or more expectations placed on you. And interestingly, 11% uh, have been cut back or laid off and that's a challenge. Uh, I wasn't sure how high that would be. So this is this is quite interesting based on our new life demographic. Uh, and, of course, uh, some that are watching from distances. But thank you for participating in that. Uh, we're going to close that off now. And, you know, that question really brings up the idea that we need some good news. So we want to be able to, each week, Share a good news story, just to make you smile, uh, to inspire you that maybe uh, you could participate in something, or at least to let you know that there are some cool things happening in the midst of all the chaos. So I'm going to give it over to Christopher Rosevere, our youth director, and he is going to interview another person over Zoom this week. And thankfully, Zoom lets us do this, and uh, I'm going to have you watch this interview. It's a good news story about something happening through a new life, uh, through some of our new life people people and how they're making a difference
3: well good morning everyone Uh, it's Christopher here Uh, I'm here joining or being joined by Bethany Crawford Bethany do you want to say hi
2: hello everybody Uh,
3: and Bethany has a good news story for us this week Uh, Bethany how are you doing
2: we're doing pretty good. Yeah, as good as, as most people can be right now.
3: <laughs> Very true. Uh, why don't you yeah. tell us a little bit about your connection to new life for those who might not know you?
2: Um, so I, well, most of you have probably seen me on stage sometimes with the music ministry, but um, my everyday job is actually running uh, Maple Lane Nursery School, which is a um, preschool program for two and a half to five year olds. And we run both uh, half day and full day classes. So that is my immediate connection with New Life. And I would say for anybody wondering um, that Maple Lane is um, considered uh, a non-Christian environment. So we as educators are able to um, minister to families, um, but we accept families of all all walks of life essentially. So. We see it as a real ministry here at New Life, which is great. And it has been running for 40 years. Uh, this is its 40, 41st year of running. So um, That's
3: actually it's actually incredible. Great to be...
2: Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh,
3: so, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you've been managing in this uh, pandemic and how you've been specifically staying in touch with families um, kind of at a distance?
2: Yeah, so when we discussed as a staff team uh, what was important during this time for us was um, to continue relationship with our families. So uh, one of the ways we wanted to continue that was connecting in some way. So we felt um, organizing something on social media where families could post updates, uh, where we could encourage them, where they could um, share activities, we could share activities, especially on those rainy days um, and where staff can post updates of what we've been up to. Um, uh, Just a real way to connect families to other families but families to staff too and just really work on connection and encouraging our families.
3: So what might some of the activities be that you've been posting?
2: So uh, actually our parents, the ones that are coming up with some really fantastic scavenger hunts, uh, literacy activities. Um, uh, one of our educators, Beth Patton, she posted some of the usual circle time songs that we would do. And we've got some great feedback from families. Just, um, something familiar like that was really great for, for, uh, the children especially, and just fun things, sensory stuff, um, whether that's playing with shaving cream or activities that families can do together or students can do independently. So mom or dad can have a break as well.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's so wonderful. So if I understand it right, there are some uh, videos that are being posted that have either creative ideas from other parents or from yourselves, little pieces of nursery school that the kids are able to participate in, sort of giving mom and dad a break, but also still having them learn and and play and and all that good stuff. Is is that more or less right?
2: Yeah, I think it's very difficult um, for children, especially when routine is upset. And for a lot of us, that's happening (laughs) and been happening for some time. So creating some sort of uh, I guess you could say consistency in our songs or material is great. So we've actually, um, we're going to be giving a try a live kind of virtual group time or what we would call circle time way back um, and and continue uh, some of the songs and games that we would have done at preschool in the past. So in an effort to just kind of reach out, connect with those um, and offer them something that's maybe familiar, especially during this time when so much of of life is upside down.
3: Now, you said that uh, Maple Lane is, formally speaking, a non-Christian environment, and yet so many of the teachers um, are believers, and and often, uh, most of them, I believe, attend New Life. So from your perspective, Bethany, how would you say your faith sort of um, either motivates you, or how does it impact maybe the way that you uh, kind of minister to these families? Uh, What might you say to that?
2: I think I know the importance of uh, having some hope in life, especially in this time um, that we're in. So that in this moment in time, when we're all struggling through this uh, level of uncertainty, um, I think that's where I felt really empowered to, to continue to try and connect with families because it's so tough. Mm-hmm. It's so tough now for, for those of us that are stuck at home And I think God just wants to shine his light through us as um, um, motivators, as um, friends, friends of these families, so that I can just continue to be a support. And I think um, uh, that's really where God has has said, you know, your work here isn't done. Stay here. Um, I've got a plan, you know, to keep on that path. And so. Uh, I would say I just feel encouraged to um, build these relationships with families and um, especially now more than ever. Mm.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, that's all so, so, so great. Bethany, thank you so much for sharing and for all that you and the rest of the staff are doing to stay in touch with families uh, in this otherwise very stressful time. Um, we're so grateful for you and just want to encourage you to keep it up. Thanks for sharing. Thanks, Chris. Okay, I'm going to pass it back over to Paul with the rest of the service.
0: Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Bethany. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. And uh, let's take this morning and pray for our students uh, children in our nursery schools, through our grade schools, through our high schools, uh, even our university students who are wondering what's going to happen come September. And uh, let's take some time to, to pray together this morning. We'll uh, worship the Lord through, through our prayers, and we will uh, pray for them. So join with me, if you will. Father, I thank you for good news stories. I thank you that uh, not just in new life, but within new life, there are so many people who are doing things to try to make a difference. And we know that uh, part of what you've called us to do is to help people find Jesus and follow Jesus, to join God's family, to join the New Life family, and to make a difference. And thank you for this story that we've been able to hear this morning about our Maple Lane Nursery School that has been uh, serving our community for decades and making a difference of letting uh, the little people experience the love of God uh, at 28 Tracy Lane. And thank you for all of those who work uh, in the Maple Lane environment and uh, their commitment to the families and to these children. And they represent uh, a whole broad spectrum of people uh, all around uh, our country, around our continent, the globe, who are wondering how we protect our children, how we um, help our children, Uh, get through these these coming weeks where we are still in isolation and not able to gather as we normally would? Would you give our people who are making the decisions in these areas the wisdom that they need, the information that they need, uh, and the courage that they need to do uh, what they feel is best for everybody? And we know that those are not easy decisions to make. They will make decisions and not everybody will appreciate those. And I pray for them, that you would uh, give them uh, the unity that they need uh, to be able to lead all of us through this time. We continue to pray for even in the polls that we saw, the the people who represent so many that have been laid off or had their hours cut back. And now that we are into the month of May, uh, people are worrying about their rent, whether it's uh, for the business or for their home. And, and looking at how all of this is going to play out in the coming weeks and months. And there's lots of uncertainty still. There's a lot of uh, concern. And yet there are lots of people who feel like they're doing okay and are making the most of this opportunity. Father, thank you for those that are, that are leading us through all of this. Thank you for uh, some of the good coming out of this Are the stories that we're hearing of people serving others. We are grateful that uh, through this pandemic, it has increased people's awareness of what is truly important. It has people asking questions about you. It has people asking questions about life and about uh, where they are at with having meaning and purpose and connection with, with others and connection with you. And as your family, we want to be uh, brothers and sisters to Jesus. We want to be servants to you, Father. We want to be your children. We want to shine your light. We want to share your good news. We want to tell the good news story, the story above all good news stories, the goodest news of all. And it's all wrapped up in the person of Jesus. So as we look now um, to learn together, I pray that you would speak to us, that your spirit is present and with us And I pray that you would speak to us and minister to us now uh, in this time. Thank you for what we've been able to experience already. And we look forward to the remainder of this day of going out to love you and serve you uh, in very practical ways in how we interact with each other. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to invite you to get your phone again, and we are going to start a new series today called Good News for Tough Times, and we are going to be talking about what is the good news? How do we become the good news for people? How do we explain what good news is? And if you have questions along the way, I would love to get those questions from you. So there's a phone number that we're putting up on the screen for you to... Uh, text your questions into, and I'm probably going to just uh, do a follow-up response to them uh, later today or tomorrow, and we'll post that uh, probably as a video and uh, give some short responses to some of the questions that might come in. We want to try this week to week and see how that goes. Uh, With some of the delay and the lag, it could get challenging. I, uh, I may check and try to do it live from time to time, but we'll see how that goes. So here's a question that I get asked um, periodically, and over the years I've been asked quite a, quite a number of times. It's a common question that people ask, and it's simply this, was Jesus God? So for thousands of years, there have been people in the church, uh, followers of Jesus, Christians, who have proclaimed Jesus to the world around us, and yet people will ask, was Jesus God? If you've had any, intera- any interaction with Jesus, you have asked that question yourself. And when I get asked that question, I usually respond uh, with this wrong question. Was Jesus God? Wrong question. And people will think, well, whoa, what do you mean, wrong question? How can that be the wrong question? And let me explain why I would suggest that it's the wrong question to ask. Because when we ask, was Jesus God, we're bringing uh, an assumption that we have an image and picture of who God is that is accurate and correct. So when we ask the question, when you ask the question, was Jesus God, you have an image of God in your mind, a perception of God, a framework of who God is and how God operates. And you're asking, does Jesus fit your framework of who God is or how God operates? And this is a question that people have asked for as long as humanity has been walking the face of this planet. And it often gets asked um, in beautiful ways from the poets and from the songwriters and lately from the storytellers and the filmmakers. And there was one song back in the 90s from Joan Osborne. Some of you will remember uh, her song, One of Us. And she wrote a song and she asked the question, what if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us, just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home? And there were some people who were upset about uh, somebody asking a question like that about God. How dare you ask that kind of question about God? However, uh, I think she actually asked that question in a really consistent way, a a powerful way, a healthy way. And we are going to look at that in just a moment uh, from John chapter 1. But more recently, there have been uh, the Fray. A number of years ago, uh, wrote a song about God. There are lots of different musicians who have written songs about God. Um, Justin Bieber, uh, obviously, has been writing about God. You too. So many of their songs are songs about God. People want to know about God, and and when they hear about Jesus, they may not make the connection. But if they do, then they're asking the question: Was Jesus God? And I like the way N.T. Wright, who is uh, an ordained, uh, was a bishop with the Anglican Church in the United Kingdom, uh, he actually suggests that we frame the question this way. Rather than saying, was Jesus God, and trying to assume that Jesus has to fit our image of who God is, he says, is it true that the living God was uniquely and personally present in the person of Jesus? And he goes on to write about the God that we encounter in Scripture, the God that we read about all through the Bible, and the way he reveals himself through the biblical writers, through the circumstances that happened. And we get to know that God in some very profound and unique ways. And then he says, as we get introduced to that God through the scriptures, then we can ask the question, was that God uniquely and personally present in the person of Jesus? And of course, what we're going to look at today is the good news in one word, which is just Jesus. But we're going to expand that out over the next six weeks. And we're going to, to um, we don't often do this, use a book from a man named Bruxy Cavey, friend of mine. He's a pastor at the Meeting House. He's the teaching pastor uh, there in Oakville. They have, I think, 18 sites now. And he is one of the best communicators that I know, and a very godly man. And I uh, love what he has done in a book he's written called Reunion. The Good News of Jesus for Seekers, Saints, and Sinners. And so I'm going to be using that as a reference for us to look at from week to week. But Bruxy talks about the gospel in one word and in three words. Uh, One word is Jesus, three words is God is love, and then 30 words. And the gospel in 30 words is this. Jesus is God with us, come to show us God's love, save us from sin, set up God's kingdom, shut down religion, so we can share in God's life. And over the next six weeks, we're going to explore each of those pieces of that statement and try to expand our understanding of what good news is, what the gospel is, not only so that we can incorporate that into our life, although that's what we want for you, but so that we can become the gospel for people to use language from a, from a scholar named Michael Gorman. We become the gospel. We become the good news for people when we understand it in, in, in deeper and deeper ways. And then we live that out so people see what that looks like in action. And then we can also explain it to people who want to know, what are you on about? Why are you the way you are? It's because of what Jesus has done. The gospel begins and ends with Jesus. So when people ask, was Jesus God? Uh, part of the image of God that so many people have, and it, whether you're a seeker or whether you've been walking with Jesus and walking with God for most of your life, I think we are always trying to uh, to grow in our understanding and awareness of who God is. And for many people, when they envision God they see him out there they see him up there they see him removed he is somewhat distant and then we think about our relationship with God God is there I am here I have to get to God and what we find in Jesus one of the most powerful things about the good news is that he takes that thinking and he turns it upside down he turns it completely on its head. The image we have of God, even Christian people who, have been, who are close with God and have been walking with him for ages, I think we all wrestle with this because it is so prevalent in our culture that God is removed and we do something to get to God. And the good news story actually turns that upside down and says, no, God comes to us and he is never removed from us. He is always present. As the Apostle Paul said in Acts 17, he is closer than you think. So I want to read from John chapter 1. In just four verses, verses 14 through to 18. And John writes this gospel or good news story about Jesus. And he begins by saying, in the beginning was the Word, referring to Jesus as the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and he created everything, and he goes on to write more and more about that. But then we come to verse 14, and this is what John writes. So the Word, again referring to Jesus, the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And then John tells us that John the Baptist testified about Jesus, and he writes this in verse 16 from his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another for the law was given through Moses but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ and then listen to this verse in verse 18 no one has ever seen God and we would all agree with this but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart he has revealed God to us no one has ever seen God but Jesus has revealed God to us Now, let me explain to you how Jesus turns this thinking upside down, that God is out there and that we have to get to him. First of all, he's saying that Jesus was God. In the very first verses in John chapter 1, Jesus was with God and he was God. That's great. So he's identifying that that God, Jesus was God. But when you get to verse 14, uh, the version I just read says, so the word became human and made his home among us. And, and this is where sometimes things get lost in translation. So John, when he wrote, was writing uh, in the Greek language, and, and I don't do this a lot with you guys, so today will be a bit of a word study kind of day. But John could have wrote that Jesus became human, and he could have used a word anthropos, and that's where we get our word anthropology. And many of you are uh, into anthropology and so that's a word that John could have used. He could have wrote, you know, Jesus became anthropos or Jesus became human. But that's not the word John chose. He could have used the word for man. John was in a very patriarchal society. It would have been entirely appropriate for him to use the word aner, which is the word for man. But he didn't use that word. John used a word identified as sarx or sarcos. And it in a I guess a good translation, uh, as the scholars would say, uh, is the word flesh. So the New International Version, when you read what they, how they translate this verse, they would say, so the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word became flesh, sarks." And that is an interesting word. Because this word is used often throughout the New Testament, and it often refers to human weakness, or human frailty. So it can be translated human, but it has a much deeper meaning than that, and it, and it literally takes on the idea of frailty and weakness, and actually the Apostle Paul several times uses that word sarx or sarcos, the variations of it, to refer to what he, what is translated often in the, in the English language as the sinful nature. So here's John, who could have said Jesus became anthropos, human, or Jesus became man, aner, but instead he chose to use the word sarx. And I find that fascinating. Because using that word helps us to identify just how, how closely Jesus identifies with us. The word who was God Took on our flesh, took on our humanity, took on our frailty and our weakness. Now, Paul uses that word for sinfulness. This is not John saying Jesus was sinful in his nature because we know throughout Scripture various places that remind us Jesus was without sin. But what John is doing is helping us realize just how much Jesus understands your condition, my condition. He took on humanity in every facet. So what you experience in your own frailty, in your own weakness, all the things that you see about yourself that you wish you could change, Jesus understands that. And John says he came down and he took that on. And here's the thing. God didn't just come down for a peek. You know, kind of like, hey, just popping in for a quick visit. Well, look at the time. Got to go. See ya. He doesn't do that. John also says that he took on flesh and he made his dwelling or he lived among us. And that word can be used literally for pitching a tent. So God came down and he set up camp among us and he became like one of us. This is not the picture of a God who's out there and you're here and somehow you've got to go and get to God. John is saying, no, that God that you have in your mind actually that image has to be corrected and it's corrected when we look to Jesus because Jesus shows us the kind of God that actually becomes just like us and he lives among us. He pitches his tent, he sets up camp and he lives among us. And I find that hugely encouraging. John goes on to say, it's this kind of God that Jesus reveals to us. God has a face and it looks like Jesus. And I think that is the beauty of the good news. When we say the good news in one word is Jesus, we're saying God good news God looks like Jesus. If you want to understand who God is, what God is like, you must turn to Jesus. And look to him because the Easter story, the Easter uh, resurrection that we just celebrated a couple of weeks ago validates everything that Jesus said about himself. Because he made claims that no other religious leader would ever dare to make. And And then he said, I'm going to die for you and then I'm going to rise again on the third day. And the evidence of the empty tomb, the Easter celebrations that Christians have been observing ever since then, points us to the validation of who Jesus was, that he was the living God uniquely and present within himself. And he took on our humanity and he understands your weakness and your frailty better than you could ever possibly imagine. And when you're wondering, what is God like? And is he interested in what's going on in my life? Jesus answers that question with a profound and adamant yes. And then John says in verse 18, No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. And he uses this word uh, saying, Jesus is near to the Father's heart. It's a a word that talks about being within the bosom or within the chest. And here's John saying, no one has ever seen God. It's a reference back to the story of Moses in Exodus 33 and 34. You can read about that, an interaction that Moses has with God where he wants to see God and the dwelling of God in in the tabernacle. And here's John using language of God dwelling in person. And the word he uses here in verse 18, it's as if God opened up his chest cavity and out walked Jesus. You know, we have an expression and people have used that of me. You can can see my emotions. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Well, in this case, God wears Jesus on his sleeve. If you want to know what God is like, you have to look to Jesus. And so as you're reading Bruxy's book, here's a quote from Bruxy. One of the most fascinating aspects of the good news message that Jesus preaches is that he centered his message on one essential element. Himself. The gospel is the story of a person, and that person is Jesus. And this means that if you want to learn about the gospel, you will need to learn about Jesus. And that is amazingly wonderful good news. You see, we can't fall in love with a concept. People don't fall in love with concepts. We like concepts, but we have no no honest love relationship with a concept or an ideology or a philosophy or a system of thinking. We, we enter into relationship and we have love with another being, another person. And here's John saying, Jesus reveals God to us. The word he uses is where we get the word exegete. Right now, I'm exegeting scripture for you. I'm drawing the meaning out of scripture. And what Jesus does, John says, the word he uses is that Jesus exegetes God for us. He explains God for us. So in numerous places, the book of Hebrews chapter 1, the author says that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 15, Paul says that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God looks like, you turn to Jesus. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, we're told that he's of the same substance of God, yet he sets all that aside and he makes himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, taking on humanity, taking on our flesh. See, the good news in one word is Jesus, that God looks like Jesus. And he identifies with you. If you've never thought about this, if your image of God is still that God is out there, whether you've been walking with him all your life or you're investigating with us now, and you let me know how helpful this is for you as uh, in the Q&A, the phone number there, ask your questions, send a comment. God is not out there. God is right with you. Jesus went back to the Father, but he left us the counselor, again, using the language of, of another exact image who is with you and wanting you to be with him. God identifies with your weakness. He identifies with your frailty. He identifies with your struggles, your emotions, all the things you're experiencing right now, the physical problems that you're having right now, he identifies with those, the mental health issues you might be wrestling with right now, the relational issues that you're sorting through right now, whether they're wonderful relational issues or they're difficult relational issues, he understands what you are experiencing because he took on all of that himself and he lived among us. And that's good news. God has a face and he looks like Jesus. And over the next five weeks, we're gonna unpack this definition of the gospel in 30 words. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do this week. Apart from sending in your questions, I'm gonna encourage you, buy the book. It's $10 on amazon.ca for, uh, for a Kindle version. I'm not, I'm not sure what the paperback copies are, but it's 10 bucks and I think it's a good investment. Read part one. And you can go ahead if you want, but read part one. Secondly, I'm going to ask you this week, write down your definition of what good news is. Whether you've joined in for the first time and you're trying to understand Jesus or whether you feel like you've been able to share the good news or the gospel story with many people, write it down. And then over the next number of weeks, we're going to, to, to look at this explanation about, uh, of good news. And, and I want to see how your definition might might change, might develop, might grow, or it might stay the same because you're really confident that it's a good news story that you've got. And I would say wonderful because there's so many different ways to share the good news, to become the good news. But that's what I'm going to ask you to do this week. And uh, and as always, it helps me to know if you're going to do that. Normally, you would tell me after the service, but if you could shoot me a note, Uh, on that uh, number and just let me know, hey, I'm going to do this this week. I'm going to write down my definition and and then I'm going to compare it from week to week and see how it changes. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you understand how close God is. Jesus is God with us. Come to show us God's love, save us from sin, set up God's kingdom, shut down religion so we can share in God's life. That's good news. Have a great afternoon, you guys. We will see you next week. And maybe tomorrow if some questions come in. God bless. Bye for now.